0: All right, folks, welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast, your number one source for headlines, takes, and strategy to help you win your day. This is Louis Ezekiel, and I am really excited today. We are joined by Joe DiBiase, the locked on sabers podcaster for the number one team in the nhl joe how are you doing tonight
1: (laughs) lewis it's uh good to talk to you i'm not sure it's gonna last as long as it did last season but uh, it's it's good to hear i guess to start the season that they're in first place again it's funny though
0: yeah i think it's exciting to get to talk about it at least as long as we have the opportunity here uh, for our nhl points leaders uh, three really dominant wins, three that were uh, a little closer to coin flips, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that you know getting points out of every game so far is is a feat that not too many teams have been able to manage. So pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, I think it's the way they're looking, too. I mean, last year, that 10-game win streak, everyone kind of was holding their breath after it was over, was this thing for real, because it was a lot of shootout wins, a lot of one-goal victories, a lot of close calls. And this year, it's a little more encouraging that that they've had their struggles. I mean, they they get a win in Florida uh, in a shootout. They get a win against Montreal on a power play in overtime. But three of the five wins they've had, I would say they pretty much dominated the opponent. So, yeah, it's it's definitely encouraging, I would say, uh, around here in Buffalo to start the year.
0: Excellent. I'd like to talk a little more about that. I do want to uh, start out by telling you that the Sabres have always been kind of a favorite of mine. Okay. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, I was big into goalies and Dominic Hasek obviously stood out as, you know, a really uh, exemplary, uh, mold-breaking goaltender. So, Uh, he was always very excited for me to watch. I had the old, uh, uh, black and silver jersey with the decapitated Buffalo head on. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Love it.
1: That's, that's, that's my era. That's right where I grew up. So, uh, yeah, I'm all about that. He's, it's hard to beat Hasek for sure. If you're, if you're into goaltenders
0: and it was, you know, that was even before, uh, the excitement of having him join my home team, uh, joining with the, with the Red Wings. And that may never have happened without that, uh, Brett Hull foot in the crease uh, I hate to bring that up of course yeah but. I
1: mean what, what are we doing here I mean you, you, <laughs> you're not starting off on a it's not a great first impression here Lewis I mean you're we're three minutes in here and you're already bringing up Brett Hull it's okay it happens it's,
0: it's part uh, of lore I'll make sure to move on here quick what I really <laughs> want to talk about is our current Sabres who again are leading the NHL right now you know you talked about kind of that hot start from last year Uh, Is there anything that is indicating to you or anything that would indicate to you that uh, this hot start for the Sabres uh, in 2019-20 is going to be the real deal that uh, we didn't see last time as they started to kind of fade down the stretch?
1: Yeah, there's a couple signs that make me think that this is more legit than last year's run for the Sabers. I think that the blue line is the first thing that I think of. I was actually really optimistic about it coming into the season. Uh, you've got they've kind of changed over the style of it. Last year, the big minute eaters, Ristolainen, um, Zach Bogosian, Marco Scandella. These guys are Jake McCabe. These guys are you know they're good in their own right. But they all kind of have one thing in common and that they're that old school cross-check in front of the net, grinded out in the corners, just chip and chase kind of defenseman. And I think that Sabres GM Jason Botro made a point this offseason to kind of bring in some more puck moving defensemen, some more modern day defensemen that, hey, like their best talent is just making a tape-to-tape pass out of their own end. I mean, that's simple to think about, but the Sabres, like, that's a simple thing. They just have not been able to accomplish these past nine years or really since they've last been in the playoffs. And I think the additions of guys like Brandon Montour, who's not even played yet, I mean, he played a little for them at the end of last year, but not yet this season, he's good at that Colin Miller they bring in from Vegas that he's really good at moving the puck out of his own end great passer Henry Yoki first round pick from the Blackhawks a couple years ago they get for a struggling prospect now it's Nylander he adds into that mold as well so that's like the main thing I think I'm thinking about and then they have added some depth at forward Marcus Johansson's producing better than any second line center they had last season to speak of and I think that Victor Olofsson the rookie um, seventh round pick from a couple years back has it's it's not a huge surprise around here because we kind of saw him coming. He led the Swedish Hockey League in goals a couple years ago, um, Great, scored over 30 goals in Rochester in the AHL last season. So Sabre fans kind of saw him coming. I know he's a surprise to a lot of hockey fans so far, but his addition as well. There's more secondary scoring. There's more on the blue line, I think, to be happy about. And I think that those are two things, especially that have have Sabre fans feeling a little bit more confident this year than last year.
0: Yeah. It's definitely been really exciting to see Olafson kind of come into his own yeah. here at the NHL level. I know that he's been a real fantasy darling for anyone who's been able to yeah. pick him up. Uh, this was a guy that I, you know, uh, went out and grabbed just as quick as I could uh, right around the start of the season. And uh, some of my better leagues, you know, the people who are really tuned in had drafted him from the start and they're reaping the benefits.
1: Yeah. I'm actually this league that i one league I just started is crazy. I'm a big fantasy football guy and I've, started getting into more unique types of leagues, unique types of drafts. So I started a dynasty fantasy hockey league this year that's a blind auction style draft and there's some other weird intricacies to it, but essentially it was an auction draft and it was tough to get Olafson in this draft. Like everybody knew that he was going to go for a pretty penny. Everybody that's seen him in Buffalo before this season the one thing that sticks out is just the shot. Like you just so clearly see that his release and his accuracy on his shot is just, it's tremendous. And it was always there. The thing that was always worrisome about him was would he develop the rest of his game to a point where he could be in the NHL and utilize that shot. And I think that he did that. He developed well enough in the other areas to where he's worth being on the team now. And you're seeing him on the power play. Like if I'm a fantasy owner, if you grabbed him already, you're going to have him for the rest of the season. I think this is for real what he's doing right now. If he's available in your league, I would run to your computer, run to your phone to pick him up because I think that this is sustainable. What he's doing right now. He's not scored yet on five on five, which is a little worrisome, but that shot on a power play, you give him open looks from the right flank it's almost the how good his shot is. It's It would be stunning to me if he does not continue to produce at a reasonable clip uh, on the power play. I don't think he's going to score. What, he's got five power play goals in the first two weeks of the season. I don't think he's going to score 60 power play goals this season, but um, I do think he's going to score with regularity for the Sabres.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I, I I would hope that nobody who listens to this podcast uh, will need to run off and and pick him up right now because we've pretty yeah. much been a, a Victor Olofsson Stan account from our inception. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that certainly anyone who uh, has the opportunity to grab him certainly should be should be doing so immediately. Yeah. Um, so I gotta ask. This sounds really interesting. I'm I'm a big fan of the auction draft myself. I've never done a okay. blind auction. How does uh, How does that work?
1: It it was we, ours was a little bit different. It wasn't just a straight blind auction. I'm a big uh, offer sheet guy, and you know this pass off season was kind of annoying that oh we're gonna get all these offer sheets and they never happened. I think they're fun. I think they're cool, and I tried to incorporate something like that into this blind auction. So. Essentially what we did is it was a bunch of guys, like maybe 10, 12 guys. I think there's 10 guys in this league. We all got together. We're all sitting around in this, in this place that we rented a room out and everyone's get these mini whiteboards with the dry erase marker. And you would take turns nominating a player and the nomination order mattered because of this kind of almost like offer sheet type of stipulation I put in there. So for instance, if you had the first pick in this draft and you nominated Connor McDavid, since you nominated him, you are not bidding on this player. Everyone else is going to bid on him. The auctioneer will be like, give you, all right, everyone put your boards up in three, two, one. Everyone holds up their boards. You look around, you see who's got the highest price. Maybe I have the highest price. Like, all right, Joe's got them for $350 out of a thousand. Everyone looks to you now and you've got like 10 seconds here to decide whether you want to match that price. So it was not like your, it wasn't a tip. It wasn't a perfectly uh, uh, typical blind auction draft. So it was a little bit different. But I would say it was a really fun experience. Like I would recommend it for anybody. It's a, it's a little crazy at the beginning, too, because nobody really knows how much players should go for. There's not a lot of preparation to do for that. But if you're looking for like a different style league, I would absolutely recommend Blind Auction. It was one of the most fun I've ever had at a fantasy draft football or hockey.
0: You know, when you make a good choice in fantasy hockey, you expect to be rewarded. Well, when you make a good choice by buying tickets with vivid seats, you can be rewarded, too. Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace whose goal is to provide you with value on the tickets to experiences that will last a lifetime. And when you download the Vivid Seats app on Google Play or the App Store, you are automatically enrolled in their loyalty reward program, which offers credit back on all of their 100% guaranteed ticket purchases. Next time you want to take in a game, show, or concert, download the Vivid Seats app and start earning credit for your next purchase. Enjoy their great prices and easy purchasing experience and start making memories today. Let Vivid Seats get you to your next live event. Enter the code POSTSEASON at checkout to save up to $100 on your next purchase. That's the code POSTSEASON at checkout to save up to $100 all right so we're talking about this dynasty uh league that you set up with this blind auction Mm -hmm. strategy and i actually think uh we've got some some questions here about uh you know dynasty owners we've got casey middlestad who i think a lot of people were pretty excited about should our our Middlestat dynasty owners be worried i'm a little concerned about him getting single digit minutes on line four and what that uh, means for his development
1: worried i think is the right word i wouldn't bail yet um, I have him I had him actually in one dynasty league uh, that actually this it stopped this year but I was thinking kind of the same thing last season but rookie it's like I right, have some patience have some patience eventually he'll come around and this year is kind of looking like the exact same thing I think a lot of Sabre fans were hoping that he'd take a step this season the one thing the Sabres didn't have last year was a second line center at all like behind Jack Eichel, they weren't getting any production down the middle. And a lot of people were hoping Middlestat would provide that in his second year. Not only is he not doing that, he is far, he's clearly their fourth line center right now. He is getting the least amount of minutes on the team down the middle. He's averaging under 10 minutes a night, a game at this point, I'm starting to think about him being in the AHL at some point, being better, a better service to him, getting just minutes down there. So I would be worried. Would I cut bait completely yet? It depends what kind of team you are. If you're, I think if you're a rebuilding team or if you don't expect to be like a championship team right now, then I think maybe now is the time to sell him because I'm starting to think about, you know, players around the league. Like I'm, I think about Dylan Strome for him a lot. Strome just didn't do anything in the league his first couple of seasons. And eventually he gets the right situation and he turned it around. And now he's, he's a pretty decent player. I'm wondering if Middleset will take that same track where it might take him a few years to get things going. So it depends. If you can be patient, I think eventually you'll see the fruits of your labor. But I think on the short term, he's almost you, you can't play him almost at all right now.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think that's some solid advice for his dynasty owners. Uh, so as long as we're talking about Sabres up and comers, obviously uh, one who's had a little bit more success than Casey Middlestad is Rasmus Dallin this season. Uh, is this a guy who's ready to hit 65 to 70 points? And if you think he is, can he do it with the amount of ice time that he's getting right now?
1: I think that that ice time is going to come up. It's been weird that he's been so low. Like last season he was playing over 20 minutes a night, like nothing crazy. Like I think one day the Sabres would like to have him playing kind of the role that Eric Carlson played in Ottawa, where he's playing like 27, 28 minutes a night Norris winning defenseman. He's scoring 70, 80 points a season. I think they want that for him eventually right now. Ideally, I think they'd like to get him around 20, 21, 22, uh, somewhere in that range minute-wise. Right now, he's under 19, 18 and a half minutes a night. It's weird that that's happening. I don't really know why. It's kind of confusing. But what's interesting is he's still producing. He's got eight points in six games. Seven of them are assists, and I'll be honest, like almost all of the assists are just setting up Jack Eichel and Victor Olofsson for these easy little passes that they just rip one-timers on the power play, and they just they just roof them. So, to me he's he's stacking up points right now and he's not even really he's not even really i think uh he's not playing at his peak potential so i think this year he's going to be in the 60 point range i think he's going to be around there it was so funny to me that the vegas line going into the season for dalene on his over under point total was 45 Last year he had 45 and he was a rookie and he didn't play a lot of minutes at the beginning. And he also didn't play the number one power play unit until at least the midway point of the season. And he never played where he is naturally a fit on the power play, which is the top of the point. He was playing on the right flank where Olsen's playing now, just trying to, Fill in as best he could on that role because the Sabres didn't have anybody else. So now he's more naturally at the top. He's got Eichel for a one timer on the left. He's got Olsen for a one timer on the right. He's going to load up power play points this season. And I think the minutes, even strength, will increase
0: to a rate where I think he'll get into the 60 point range this season. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, certainly those 60 point defensemen don't grow on trees. Uh, right. And yeah, that Vegas line certainly seems like a really appealing. It cri- um, yeah. It was one to crazy. After. <laughs> I would have bet the house
1: on it. If I was a betting man, I would have bet everything I had on Dahlien yeah. getting over 45 points. It's just an It was an insanely low number, I thought.
0: You wonder maybe if they're scared off by some of these really promising rookies who had that kind of rough second season, yeah. like your Clayton Kellers or your Patrick Lainese, perhaps. But that yeah, does to be the case here.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's right. The, the, the sophomore slump, as it's really the only f- argument you could make against it. That's why I thought it was crazy. Like th- that's right, though. Like Sophomore slump, that's probably the big reason that number was low.
0: So is it possible that some of this ice time issue is maybe due to the fact that the Sabres have been getting out to some big leads in some of these games and they're sort of yes. going, opting for more of these, uh, like the minute munching, cross-checking yep. defensemen that you were talking about <laughs> previously? Yes, and that's why
1: I'm kind of frustrated with the way that's been going because to me... They got in trouble both against – they had a a one-goal lead against Montreal that they gave up in the third period. They had a two-goal lead against Florida that they gave up in the third period. Two blown third-period leads, and they were lucky, honestly, to get to overtime at both those games. They just got run over in the third period, and I think a big reason for that is they took their good puck-moving defenseman off the ice, and they just put them back in like the guys you said, the cross-checking guys, the defensive defensemen like McCabe and Ristolainen. And those guys have played good. Like They've played fine this season, but – when you're playing them half the third period, every other shift, and you're they against Florida, I think it was the Florida Montreal, one of the games, they didn't play Darlene in the final eight minutes of regulation. Like That just cannot happen. You look at possession metrics, you look at zone exits, zone entries, stuff that you still want to be doing well at, even if you're up in games, that he's your best defenseman. He really, even at 19 years old, he is their best all-around defenseman. And to think that because he's not as physical and he's not as good a shot blocker, as guys like McCabe and Ristolainen, is a reason that he's been getting less ice time, especially in the third period, I think is just crazy. So to me, I think that's a big reason why um, his minutes have gone down. And I would hope that that's going to come back up, but you never know because it's our first experience with Ralph Kruger and we're not really sure what kind of trends he's going to
0: stick with all season. Sure. We maybe want to remind coach Krueger that you can only block a shot or hit somebody if you don't <laughs> possess the puck at that it, time. Right. Exactly.
1: Like everyone's like, Oh, McCabe leads the team and hits. Ristlin and leads the team and hits. Yeah. They lead the team and hits cause they never have the puck <laughs> and they're always hitting the guy. You know, who doesn't lead the team and hits Jack Eichel. Cause he always has the puck. He doesn't need to hit anybody. Darlene, same thing. So I, I I'm confident in this coach though. I liked the idea of him being hired and I think he's still trying to get used to the team and I'm, I'm still hopeful that he'll come around and, Calin will be somewhere in the 21, 22 minute range at some point here.
0: Yeah, I think we'll definitely see some uh, improvement in that time on ice. And as you say, you know, he's making the most of the time that he's had already. So uh, I think that's the that's really what you want to see from him is uh, making good use of the opportunities that he's given, and hopefully those opportunities will start to expand. An- another spot that's been kind of a, a bright. Uh, area for the Sabres this season where they've struggled in the past has been in goal. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we've seen uh, Olmark and Hutton uh, have quite a lot of success here, even as you know, yep. we worry a little bit about uh, how their expected goals stats start to look in some of these games where they get ahead and then start to turtle. Um, so, you know, I think Hutton owners have to be very happy with their performance so far, but listening to your podcast, I get the mm-hmm. sense that you feel like the age of Ulmark is maybe upon us. Can you tell us a little bit about that yeah. and whether Hutton owners should be concerned?
1: I, If you're a Hutton owner, I would be concerned. I think Ulmark's the guy with more upside. He's the younger goaltender. They're both playing great. I mean, they actually have an exact, they're exactly the same 931 save percentage this season. So they're both well above average in the league right now. Now this kind of happened last year though, the 10 game win streak. Another thing that I thought was a little fluky was they were getting insane goaltending from two guys that I think are good, but... Not really true number ones. Olmark not yet. Maybe he'll become that, but neither guy was a true number one. And I'm optimistic that Olmark can still has the talent to be a number one goaltender in the league. I don't think he can be an elite goaltender or even like a like a top ten goalie, but I think he could be a legitimate starter in the NHL. And Hutton is you know he's like right on the fringe of that. I think for his career, it, it reminds me a lot of the Islanders situation last year. So I think if you either own Hutton or Olmark, you might be frustrated because. I think it's going to be really close to a 50-50 split at the end of the day, similar to kind of what Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice did for the Islanders last year. Because I think they're very close in skill level at this moment. I would leave the door open, though, that if Ulmer can keep playing like this, I I think because of his youth and because the Sabres might see something in the future with him, that maybe he takes over the starting job at some point. But I think best-case scenario, if you own Carter Hutton, is he gets somewhere in the – low to mid fifties in games played and Ulmark takes a step back. I wouldn't be super confident that's going to happen, but I think that Hutton, I would put him kind of in the the lower tier of the starting goalies you can own right now in fantasy.
0: Sure. Yeah. I think it's been interesting because as you follow these guys and you kind of figure out what the, uh, what the trend for the season is going to be, you know, you see a 40 plus save game from Ulmark and then Hutton comes back and gets a 25 save shutout. Uh, so it seems like these two are are maybe even feeding off of this competition yeah. a little bit in a positive way.
1: Yeah, Allmark's averaging over forty shots against him per game right now. It's only been two games, but he's averaging averaging over forty shots a game. Hutton's averaging around in the twenty five mark, just about uh, just over twenty five shots a game. So the the team's playing better, I would say, in front of Hutton right now, which is why to me I'm really all about Allmark because. The Columbus game in particular, I thought that was the one game the season the Sabres got outplayed, and Omar kept them in that. Like, he was the reason, the biggest reason I think they ended up getting into overtime. So, I like both goaltenders, but I would say if it's dynasty, I would prefer Omar. Uh, and if it's redraft, I would maybe prefer Hutton, but it would be really close. Yeah,
0: really interesting. Um, so another area I wanted to discuss uh, was we've seen Olafson, you know, obviously as an early season fantasy hero, Eichel and Reinhardt obviously have been killing it as well. Darlene, we wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, how about one of the new additions we haven't had a chance to talk about with Marcus Johansson coming over to Buffalo? Uh, he's on a 68 yep. point pace right now, uh, but he's it's probably not going to shoot. Probably not going to shoot yeah. 75% all season. Um, but is this <laughs> yeah. a guy who you think could maybe get 60 playing with Skinner or Olafson online too uh, if they maybe switch those guys around a little bit? You know, this is yeah. uh, with this more balanced scoring you were talking about.
1: I I actually would I would bet you he doesn't play a lot with Olsson this season. He's been paired with Skinner uh so far this both in the regular season but also going back to training camp in the preseason. I think they really like how those two mesh together and I think they fit well. Skinner's like a pure goal scorer and Johansson like you said he's he's shooting 75%. But this is not some Alex Ovechkin sniper that's going to be potting 40 goals. I think if he does get around that 60 point mark I think he's going to be looking at maybe north of 40 assists. Um, mm-hmm. So I think him with Skinner is something that they want to stick with. Olofsson's allowed them to do that, by the way. Olofsson playing on that top line with Sam Reinhart and Jack Eichel, he's filled in really nicely. Again, maybe you want a little more five on five scoring opportunities from Olofsson, but he's playing well. And I think that's allowed the Sabres to have a real second line. Last year, they just didn't have it. It was just all Skinner, Reinhart, and Eichel. There was no depth scoring. And this year, Skinner and Johansson as a pairing they've played really well together I, I just Vladimir Sabatka on that line right now is just providing nothing offensively so my hope would be at some point that he gets taken off that line they get somebody with a little bit more offensive ability maybe Jimmy VC goes over there something like that so I think if I had to predict it I would guess Johansson's gonna fall somewhere in the low 50s point wise if he stays healthy which by the way is a question for him like everyone's oh, Everyone's happy with his play right now, but this guy's missed a lot of games in the last couple of years. I think he played. I'm trying to remember the top of my head, I think he played 58 games last year and 29 the year before that. So this guy's missed a lot of hockey. But as long as he's healthy, I think he's going to be at least in the 50 point range. Uh, for for the biggest reason being, I think he's going to be with Jeff Skinner all season uh, if things continue to go well. And we know Jeff Skinner is like a 30 to 40 goal scorer, so there'll be plenty of assists and uh, plenty of opportunities. I think for Johansson.
0: Yeah, I think that looks pretty appealing for uh, people who might have Johansson, especially if it's a league. Yeah. Maybe that is pure points and, you know, you're just looking yep. for goals and assists. You're um, you're you know. you're
1: right, though. I, I would 75 percent like that. That's just it, it's crazy that he's scored. He's only taken four shots and scored on three <laughs> of them. So, yeah, that's that's going to regress. I would uh, I could bet the house on that for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. So he's not doing a whole lot for you in peripherals, leagues, or even leagues that count shots. I wonder, too, if it's a bit of a drag for uh, Skinner owners who maybe drafted him, hoping that he'd be up on that top line this season.
1: Yeah. Uh, By the way, one other thing on him. He's He's playing center this season, and he hasn't done that in a while. So... If your league rewards for faceoffs, um, he's actually, he's not particularly great in faceoffs, but he's taking a lot of them because he's had to really fill in that second line center spot. So if your league rewards for faceoffs, you might not even know that he's playing down the middle right now. He's been their second line center so far the entire season,
0: and I think I would expect that to continue. So faceoffs might be a little boost too uh, if your league rewards that. Coming up ahead, we'll wrap up with some last bits of Buffalo talk with Joe DiBiase, and then we'll call it a night. So, yeah, I think it's been really exciting to see uh, the Sabres boast some scoring up and down their lineup uh, in a way that is really beneficial um in terms of uh scoring depth do you see any other appealing fantasy options uh as you move down that lineup i know you've been uh pleased Mm -hmm. with some of the scoring from what you've been calling the log line log line Uh, yes but maybe not necessarily the most fantasy relevant folks but uh maybe in a bangers league or if it's a really deep league are these guys that you might be interested in at all I, the one guy, I might
1: it would have to be a pretty deep league, I think, because, yeah, like that line's played. Johan Larsson, Zemgis Giergensen, and Kyle Poso, which, by the way, has two former All-Stars on it, which is pretty incredible. But <laughs> they the way they've played this year, possession-wise, they've been dominant. They really have been. And they played pretty well last season in that right as well the thing is about them though they just they they don't really have much finishing ability so for fantasy purposes like Larson, Jorgensen's I wouldn't even really think about them if you're in a deep enough league I would think about Kyle Ocposo one because I think that he would be the best scorer on that line if they continue to play the way they are I think Ocposo is going to end up with the most points now will he be 50 60 points like we just talked about Johansson I don't think so but I could see him maybe getting around 40 if everything goes really well The other thing with him that might make him a little bit intriguing is I would keep an eye on him and whether he's going to play on the power play. He didn't do it for the first couple games. The Sabres were using Evan Rodriguez in that role. They were using Connor Sherry in that role. Who's another guy I might keep an eye on for fantasy too, because he's had a good start to the year. Um, Oposo was put on that spot last game. And I would like to see that continue. Like last year, one of the only Oposo has been kind of a bust in terms of assigning for the Sabres. But one thing he has done well in his career for Buffalo is score on the power play. Last year he scored 14, 14 goals, which is not a lot, um, 29 points. Half of it was on the power play, and that was playing on the second unit. And I think that he's going to be on the second unit if he's on the power play this year. But I think if he gets a little bit more power play time and that line continues to play the way it has, then if you're in a deeper league, Poso could be a name to watch. But I wouldn't think about Larson or Gears. And Sherry, though, I will say um, Sherry is going to, I think, be relying on Middlestad. We talked about him earlier. I I can't see almost any other forward that's not one of those guys we've mentioned being relevant for the Sabres, but Sherry or VC could do it. But Middlestad's got to take a step. He's driving that line. He's the center. He's got two guys on his wings that can't score goals. And I think he needs to be able to utilize them because if he, if he can, then I would maybe keep an eye on Sherry or VC being uh, somewhere around 20 goals this season.
0: Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. So some some interesting options up and down that lineup. Well, it's really been a pleasure getting the chance to to talk Sabres with you tonight.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks, man, for having me. I enjoy talking fantasy and uh, I, I don't always get to do it because, you know, like f- fantasy hockey. I wish more people would play it. Because fantasy football, I'm in like seven leagues this year, and I can have a conversation with like thirty different people. That's why I wanted to start that fantasy league that I'm doing, just because I gotta get gotta get my fix. I gotta get my fix for some fantasy hockey.
0: Absolutely, and you know it's fun. You don't have to wait for one matchup a week. You know you've got exactly to almost every night. Yep. Um, where can people find your work? Where should they be looking out for the stuff that you are up to? I know you've got some exciting yep. uh, work going on right now.
1: Yep, you can follow me on Twitter at Sneaky Joe WGR. Um, I got the uh, lockdown Sabres podcast going here and uh, we're doing about four or five podcasts a week. So it's been fun getting into that. I'm also going to be um, doing a day or two a week on the national lockdown podcast for uh lockdown NHL. So keep, if you keep up, want to keep up with all of that, I would say best place to find me is uh, go on Twitter.
0: Follow me at sneaky Joe WGR. Awesome. Well, great. Well, Uh, This has been your Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast. Uh, We've really enjoyed bringing it to you. Please follow us at LO underscore Fantasy NHL for updates, line changes, anything you may need to help you win your day. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Joe. Have a good one. Thanks, you too, Lewis.